Sunday Morning Live. That is SML Inside the Pages, presented by Cornerstone Apostolic Church, located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. Today is October 12th, 2021, and this is Pastor Carl Henderson. Our Sunday morning worship begins at 8 a.m., Tuesday Bible study at 7 p.m., and Thursday's Acts of the Holy Ghost. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we are faithful, we are bold, we are the church. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. Listen, we're in the uh, book of Daniel this evening, the second chapter. So I wanna invite you to turn there at this time as Daniel, the second chapter. You know, as we read about the vision, the secret that was revealed unto Daniel in a night vision, then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. That's what I want to do is bless the God of heaven, the one that made heaven and earth. That's why I'm saying he's able. I'm looking and I'm, I'm, re, I'm recalling and reminiscing and thinking about the goodness of God and what he has done, you know, and how great he has been my life, what God has done for me, and not only what he has done for me, but I even think about what God is doing for you. 
mm-hmm. your listening ear and you know the what you are doing to serve the Lord, just even tuning in to, to hear uh, the, the word of God is a blessing. I look at and see a blessing of the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace this evening. How you have allowed us to come together again. You blessed us, Lord God, and seasoned our lives with your word. Lord God, you've given us the ability not only to speak your word, but to live it. Not only to read it, but to act upon it. Lord God, we thank you, Lord. We bless your holy name. For you are God alone. You're great, and you are greatly to be praised. Lord God, that we should tell of your goodness, that we should show good works. Lord God, so that others will see and glorify you. Lord God, I pray and ask that you remember those that are listening, those that are maybe driving at this time. Lord God, those that are at work, maybe they're rising up to start their day or they're late into the evening, but they've tuned in. Lord God, uh, they may be listening later. Lord God, I ask that you would bless them. Help them, Lord God, to live the life that you're calling for. Lord Jesus, to be the men and women that you're looking for in these last and evil days. We'll continue to give your name the praise and to give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. In the book of Daniel, we're going to start at the 31st verse of that second chapter. It says, Thou, O king, sawest and behold a great image. This great image whose brightness was excellent stood before thee, and the form thereof was terrible. This image head was of fine gold, his breast and his arms of silver, his belly and his thighs of brass, his legs of iron, his feet part of iron and part of clay. Thou sawest till that a stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet that were of iron and clay and break them in pieces. Then was the iron, the clay, and the brass, the silver and the gold broken to pieces together and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floor. And the wind carried them away that no place was found for them, and the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Want you to know that stone in which Nebuchadnezzar saw, that stone in which Daniel and saw, that rock was Jesus. Now, we can have some weird dreams. Recall this is a dream that Nebuchadnezzar had. He could not remember and he calls for the uh, his wise men, the, the Chaldeans and the, um, uh, those that astrologers and magicians and uh, you know and the those that he felt should be able to go into his spirit, his mind and see and understand and interpret what he had saw in the dream. None of them could do it. They kept asking the king to tell, and the king said, no, you'll take the time 
And you'll come back and you'll just tell me something, you'll deceive me. I need to understand this. You know, when we see something or hear something, we need to demand for an understanding. The king was not wrong in what he was asking. Uh, he wanted clarity. However, none of those people could give him the clarity that he needed. There was one uh, of the children of Judah that went back to his fellow brother and they prayed about it and they sought the Lord. You should have someone you could go to and pray with. You should have someone that you could seek the Lord with about situation. The Bible didn't say that they walked around talking about it to other people. They sought the Lord and the Lord showed Daniel in a dream. Now Daniel had the... Uh, was God gifted him with dreams and visions. Some of you may have dreams and visions. I'm one that have dreams and visions. And that's not to say that it occurs every day, all the time. Sometimes dreams and visions are warnings of what to do or what not to do. Sometimes dreams are a blessing, telling you uh, that God is pleased. So, uh, dreams can be, uh, and nonetheless, that we know that dreams can be weird too. Terrifying, frightening, some satisfying, others peculiar. Some dreams are caused by the food we eat. And maybe a movie that was watched. It could have been from interaction with another person. Emotional or mental drama. Or something that made you very happy. Can you imagine having a dream and seeing an image, any type of image, and not uh, able to identify the source or meaning? You'll certainly walk around trying to wonder what it is. But let me, let me caution you, because some have ran to palm readers. Others have ran to and gone to see soothsayers and witches of different sorts. The one that you need to see about your dreams and visions is God. And you want to first start by clearing your mind. That means get in the word of God. Read your Bible. Settle your thoughts. Maybe you wanted to try to fought to wake up from a dream. But let me share this with you. Just like that, you have that sense to know that you're in a place that you don't want to be in and you're trying to fight and wake yourself up out of it. Uh, then you want to, or you find us in any type of dream, a dream that's contrary to the will of God. You find yourself in a dream, begin calling on the name of Jesus. The Bible said uh, that if we call on the name of Jesus, said resist the devil while calling upon the name of Jesus. And, and so there's two things that we to do. There's put up resistance and the call upon the name of Jesus because at the name of Jesus, every knee Shabbat. Everything is subject to the name of Jesus. There's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. So when you find yourself in that nightmare place, you know, I've said this before and I'll say it again. It's good to, uh, to just go to, when you lay down at night, uh, turn on some uh, worship music. Turn on some the word of God and let it play. Just like you would if you left the TV on and some like to sleep with the TV on. I like to sleep listening to uh, the word of God. 
and uh, it gives me the rest that I need. And, and so, you know, there are different things. I remember my grandson uh, uh, sleeping, listening to gospel music, uh, acoustic guitar, uh, giving praise unto the Lord, and he did not go to bed without that. It helped him sleep through the night. And so you need to find that what's going to give you peace. The Bible said, I'll keep you in perfect peace if your mind is stayed on him. If the dream is like Nebuchadnezzar, meaning it is a warning from God, you want to, you want to wake up out of that. You certainly want to repent and get right with God. If you ever had a dream, that start that started you that scared you uh, you want to get right you want to be right with God I know of a testimony where the individual I had went to church the first time visiting the church and that night they had a dream and in that dream uh, they were sitting in the church pew this is the testimony that was given. They were sitting in the church pew in the dream and someone turned around them to them in the church and said, get right with God. And that changed their life and they followed what was said and it has not been the same. It has been a blessing and certainly God knows how to deal with all of us. The Bible says some have drawn out the fire by fear and others are drawn out by love. So God knows he got your number. He has all of our number. Thou, O king, sawest and behold a great image. This great image whose brightness was excellent stood before thee and the form thereof was terrible. Nebuchadnezzar saw this great image. It looked excellent, amazing, terrifying, certainly clueless of what it represented. The Bible says this image head was of fine gold, his breast and his arms silver, his belly and his thighs of brass, his legs of iron, and his feet part of clay and part of uh, part of iron and part of clay. Thou sawest till that a stone was cut without hands. All of a sudden, this 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 huge this stone appeared. Uh, and it smote the image upon the feet that were of iron and clay and break them in pieces. Then was the iron and clay and the brass and silver and all of the that he saw was, was broken in pieces and, and all mixed up and then was blown away like the chaff of the chummer. Uh, the threshing floor, it just, it was, blown the wind, took it all away, and there was no place for it. It couldn't be restructured. Couldn't Humpty Dumpty set on the wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king horses and all the king men couldn't put Humpty together again. There was nothing that could be done to reestablish this image. It uh, There was no place found for them. And the stone that caused it to crumble the Bible said it became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Nebuchadnezzar was exposed to something in a view that I will 
not wish upon my enemy. What Nebuchadnezzar was witnessing was a time that is to come. And my prayer is that those of you listening and that you would share the same with someone else that it's not a place that you want to be. You don't want to be here um, on that side in which Nebuchadnezzar was on to see the stone uh, become a great mountain and fill the earth. The best thing to do is to change, take the opportunity to change. Nebuchadnezzar saw a stone hit the ankle of the image, hit the feet of the image, and it could have hit the head of, of, of gold. You know, gold we look at as being valuable, power, you know, but gold is soft as well. So it could have hit the gold, you know, compared to silver. And it could have hit the, the silver or the brass, the iron or the clay. But it hit an area that was incapable of withstanding. You know, you can hurt your arm and, and you can still run. You can still fight. You, you could get hit in the, the side or belly, you know. It might knock the wind out, but, but this, the intent of the stone hitting the image was to do complete cause, complete damage. It was incapacitating uh, to the entire structure. It's interesting that this, uh, that when we look at the natural body, the same area, you know, maybe you've seen it in the movies. I was watching the House of Wax, and um, and I've seen a, a couple other movies where the the villain was hiding under something and was not seen. And in the House of Wax, he was hiding under the floor, and he had a scalpel of some type, of, some type of very sharp uh, surgical instrument. And as this young man was standing there, he cut the Achille, uh, uh, the Achilles heel. Uh, tendons, you know, that part of that large a tendon in your body that stretches from the bone of the heel of your feet to the calf muscle, it will bring you down. Everything, from what I was told, that once that breaks or is cut, damaged, uh, it creates such pain and it is it incapacitates you because it then you can't walk. And so this stone grew and became a great mountain. Not only did it grow, but it embodied the entire earth. It took dominion in every area. It had authority. It superseded everyone's power. Babylon, Medio Persia, Greece, uh, Rome. And this is a time of the Antichrist. And no one could stop the rise of the stone or the fall of the image. Now, a rock is usually associated with some with being solid, you know, stable, foundational. The Bible tells us in Matthews, therefore, whosoever hear these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock and the rain descended and the floods 
came and the wind blew and beat upon that house. And it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. You want your hope and everything built upon a solid rock. Uh, if it's not upon a rock, uh, that rock being Christ, then uh, you're going to be like the, the man, the foolish man. The Bible said, and everyone that hear these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be like unto a foolish man which build his house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. You want to be built upon something solid, stable, something that a foundation, you know, foundational. The Bible said if the, uh, if the foundation be moved, where would the righteous stand? So we don't change the word of God. We don't take from it and we don't add to it. But it's line upon line and precept upon precept. Uh, we hold on to the word of God just as the Lord has spoken from Genesis to Revelation. Now, uh, a rock can be something that, you know, we're talking about this, this rock being there and uh, I was reading and thinking about uh, something that I had seen. Uh, one of my favorite Twilight Zone episodes is Kick the Can. And some of you might have played Kick the Can. Some of you still might be playing Kick the Can. <laughs> and so this episode centers on a few men and women up in age. <coughs> Excuse me. One of them believed he found the secret to being young again. He presented his thoughts to his fellow residents, and it seemed strange to them. Uh, and, you know, um, but... After a while, after talking about it and convincing them, um, they all fell in line with it except one. Uh, there was that one that, uh, that just couldn't embrace what was being said. You might have witnessed to someone, told them about the coming of the Lord, and they may have said, I've heard it before, and you know, I've heard about that, and it didn't happen then, and it's not going to happen now, and Maybe it could be a relative, a friend, or associate. You know, you're telling them about the love of God, and they just don't want to give. They just walk with unbelief. And then there are those that embrace the word. Those that say, I, I will go to church with you. I want to know more about this Jesus that you're talking about. I've heard about him. And I want to get to know him better because, of, because they've seen what's in your life, what you live, and you are the example of who God is. And so uh, this one individual, this fellow did not want to believe. And as they, uh, the, the rest of them, they ran around playing kick the can, they began to change. They began to get younger and to return to their youth. Now the one person that refused to believe was watching through the window and he began to sob and say, wait for me. 
but it was too late because they, they, as they played and became younger and giggled and laughed as children, they began to run down the street off into fading away. And that individual was left there sitting, sobbing, because he would not believe. You need to ask yourself, what do I have to lose in believing God's word? You need to ask others, what do you have to lose if you embrace the word of God? To believe and to act upon the word of God and not miss out because what's going to happen is they're going to be like that individual and miss out. Nebuchadnezzar's dream exposed him to the same God, a rock that Israel knew. Deuteronomy 32 and 4 says he is the rock. His work is perfect for all his ways are judgment, a God of truth and without iniquity, just and the right is he. The same rock that followed them. Now, we don't know how this rock followed them. There is no description of how this occurred. Maybe the kids played with this rock. Maybe they, this particular rock, you ever found a rock that was, um, that just looked strange. It just looked, you know, it, it, there was something about it and you took it home and kept it. You know, I remember that, um, people had a pet rock at one time, you know, you could, uh, buy a pet rock. And, and so maybe the kids kept this rock as a pet. Maybe they carried it along with them or shuffled that rock along the way, but uh, no matter how it was done, the Bible says that rock followed them. First Corinthians 10 and four said, and they all drank the same spiritual drink for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. Well, the day is coming where the rock becomes a mountain and occupies the entire earth. Not only will that rock take dominion, but so will all those that believe. Those that kick the can, so to speak. Those that believed enough to take action instead of sitting around in unbelief, sitting around criticizing, saying, ah, y'all crazy. Y'all don't know what y'all talking about. That's been going on for years. Somebody asked me one day, they said, when are you going to stop teaching from that that outdated book. Never. Nope. I, I, nope. I, my, my day of rest has not come. I, I'll continue on until God says stop. And he passed the torch on to someone else. But this book has not, it's not old. It hasn't even fulfilled. So it can't be old. We're still living in the Bible days. And so, uh, unlike those that don't believe and criticize, you want to be like one that do believe. Go ahead and kick the can. Go ahead and believe that you can be all that God has called you to be. You know, the song said he's able. He's able to keep that which we've committed unto him. He's able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before his presence with exceeding joy. 
You don't want to be the one in the window watching others be transformed. The Bible tells us in Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. How do we present our bodies? A living sacrifice. What? Acceptable unto God. Not acceptable to each other. Not trying to live for you, even though I live for you. Not trying to live to be men pleasers, but want to please God. Acceptable unto him. Want to impress God. I'll impress you with, with my physical labor. I'll impress you with my technology, technology and labor in that area. I'll impress you with, with driving correctly. I'll impress you with a lot of things. But I want, to, I want to impress God. I want to impress him. I want to be acceptable in his sight, which is your reasonable service. If you don't do anything else, the minimal is that you present your body as a living sacrifice. The minimal, acceptable unto God. This is our reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world. We don't, we, don't, we don't live according to uh, uh, this, uh, you know, they have different terms that they use to, uh, to say it's all right to accept what God said is wrong. Uh, they have different terms. They have different television shows and different things. And more and more as you watch uh, things for entertainment, it implements uh, things, a uh, structure that is totally against the word of God. And, and so we have to be careful what we agree with. Ooh, that looks so romantic. Look, but if it's against the word of God, then it, somebody's going to pay the price for that. The Bible even goes as far as to say, don't take pleasure in another man's sin. And so we have to be careful as we present ourselves as living sacrifice, knowing that we are going to uh, be like Christ. And there is a, a, a place for us. But there's not a place for us in the kingdom if we are a square peg trying to fit in a round hole. And so uh, the Bible tells us, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Psalms 37, 9 and 11. It says, for evildoers shall be cut off. What Nebuchadnezzar saw was evildoers being cut off. But those that wait upon the Lord, are you waiting for him? Matter of fact, the Bible said, watch and pray. So there's two things we should be doing, and that's watching and praying. For those that wait upon the Lord shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. That rock that Nebuchadnezzar saw, that rock was Jesus. You want to see Jesus. 
But you don't want to see him in the way that Nebuchadnezzar saw him. You want to see him as a friend, not a foe. You want to see him in peace. Not as someone that is on the attack. You want to see God as your Lord and Savior. Not as a judge in that moment. Mighty God. I'm going to stop right there this evening. We'll go in more into the image on the next Bible class. But with that being said, let's believe God's word. Let's embrace what, uh, what God has said is going to happen. You know, let's not walk in unbelief because those that walked in unbelief, I, I believe it's in Hebrew, said that God was displeased with them. And they missed out on the promised land because of unbelief. It says by Faith, the elders obtain a good report. So you've got to have faith in God in order to have a good report with him. In a walk with God and what's not because God took you. And that was some type of fellowship. We need to strive for that same fellowship because Enoch was a man. He was a human just like you and I. And he walked with God. He didn't deviate. You know, uh, I thank God because he has been patient with us. He's been patient with humanity, long-suffering. Peter said that he's long-suffering, that no man should perish. That's God's concern, is to have fellowship and that nobody would be lost. If a person is lost, it's because of their own doings. And so you want to change directions. Whatever direction you may have been headed in, you need to double-check your GPS. Make sure that it's leading you to God. The Bible said that no man is going to enter in and you cannot enter in except through Christ. If you try to go up any other way, well, I believe in feng shui. Nope, that ain't going to do it. I believe in, in Buddhism. Nope, that ain't going to do it. Hindu, nope, Hinduism ain't going to do it. It ain't going to get you there. That's not the same. None of that uh, mumble jumbo about uh, being the same and equal with Jesus Christ is a bunch of malarkey. Nope. You got to go through Jesus Christ. The Bible said if you come up any other way, you're a thief and a robber. And we know a thief and a robber, along with so many other things that are, are not going to dwell in the presence of God. That's why you don't want to be any of those things that are offensive to God. But you want to line up with God's will, live a consecrated life like Daniel, Hananiah. Azariah, Misha, you want to live a life that is found pleasing in the sight of God. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your word this evening, this short exhortation. Lord God, we pray and ask that you would bless us, Lord God, to retain what has been said. Lord God, help us to live according to your word. Help us to govern ourselves according to your will. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, so that our lives give you praise. Lord, not to be lip service, Lord Jesus, but to be uh, pleasing unto you in Jesus' mighty name. This is Pastor Carl Henderson of Cornerstone Apostolic Church, located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. Be blessed in the Lord. God bless you. Look to see you soon.